0: What are you up to the evening of October 5th? It's more specifically at 7.30. Now that's a Saturday. So if you don't have any plans and you'd like something fun and interesting to do, maybe that you've never done before, why not come to a live podcast with me and Patrick Beach? If you're in the yoga world, you probably know who Patrick Beach is. And if you don't, well, put it this way. He's kind of a big deal, as Ron Burgundy would say. He's the handstand OG. Since I last spoke to him, he's become a daddy. He's become a studio owner. So there's tons to catch up on. It's a live event with a little audience. It's only 10 quid as well, 10 euros to come. And if you'd like to come, bring a friend with you as well feel free to visit my website, kevinboreyoga.ie. And if you go to events and retreats, you'll be able to find more information and purchase your ticket there. While you're there, if December 14th, the calendar looks a bit empty for you, or if again, you fancy heading outside of Dublin, come to my handstand workshop. That is in Sligo, December 14th at 1pm in Salt and Soul. 30 quid to come along to learn how to handstand the fundamentals so that you can approach a handstand practice with a bit more confidence and hopefully integrate it into your own practice. Again, all information can be found on my website. If you'd like to book directly with Salt & Soul, you go to their website and that's where you can book your spot. This podcast is brought to you by the nature of things. Beautifully crafted essential oils. This year I met with their founder Benoit Nicole, he's based in the Chocolate Factory, and they've got a really cool setup there. Benoit has spent the last 20 years working with the finest oil producers and perfumers, and now he's got his own offering, essential oils straight from nature. No nasties, no funny stuff, just pure oil. If you'd like to get yourself some oils, a diffuser, or maybe treat a friend to a gift set, Visit TheNatureOfThings.ie, fill your basket and use the promo code YOGALIFE for 10% off all products. That offer is valid until October 31st and it's one use per customer only. The other people that help support this podcast are Small Changes. Organic, eco-friendly whole food store based here in Dublin, Ireland. They believe in a zero-waste ethos. So if you'd like to get yourself some organic produce or products for your house, then go to their store. They don't have an online offering yet. Walk in there, feel free to tell them, tell them you heard about it from me and get yourself some organic stuff to look after the environment and look after yourself. That's all I have to say on the intro. This podcast is with Naomi Sturdy. Naomi is... What well, Naomi's done so much. I met first met Naomi when we went to. It was last year. We went to a a rewilding event. Went to the beach, practiced some meditation, some animal movement, did some breathing, and ever since then I've followed her closely. On not not literally, I haven't stalked her. I've it's been following her online, and um, she's what's really inspiring about Naomi is that she was actual school teacher and now she's moved purely into the yoga teaching world. She set up her own teaching academy called The Art of Teaching and she's a podcaster. So she's done, she's in two areas that I'm massively interested in, teacher training and podcasting. So without further ado, here is Naomi. Hey Naomi.
1: Hello. (laughs) (laughs)
0: It's a good way to start.
1: I'll just leave it at that. Hi. (laughs) How are you? I'm okay. Yeah, I'm good.
0: Thank you for the book.
1: Yeah, you're welcome.
0: Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers. The Acclaimed Guide to Stress, stress Stress-Related Diseases and Coping. This is a kind gift that Naomi gave me. So um, by Robert... Sapolsky,
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> and what, what, what what's his TED talk?
1: So it's basically his whole, I guess, research goes into, um, like the name of the book is "Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers." So it's like, why are? What's the human condition that's creating like? say, disease or ill health because of stress. Like, why are animals not getting stress related diseases? Mm. So it's kind of looking into what is the specific human element that's causing that? It's very interesting. Mm. So, yeah. And I've heard you refer a few times to like, you know, sort of the modern facets of our living, like using our phones or you know, our busy lifestyles or whatever. And I guess when we're yoga teachers, it's kind of, you know, I think we can kind of focus on, yes, there is like modern things that lead to us being specifically stressed now, but there's also very universal human elements. That's not just because of like, oh, it's all social media's fault, for example. Mm-hmm. Like, so yeah, that's just very interesting.
0: What, what would you say, because um, I am going to read it. And you know, I'm actually, this is reading. This is something I want to talk about because when I was younger, I, I've never t- told anyone this publicly. Um, I haven't, so <laughs> First
1: name. Just between, just between me, me and you,
0: but I don't think I have. Anyway, when I was growing up, I I was raised in a, a very like Catholic community. And My teacher at the time, she taught us from the age of six to ten. Even before that, actually, it could have been infants, maybe. But I remember reading, like, Billy Blue Hat and uh, Roger Red Hat and stuff. These were books we had to help you to read. And she would uh, chastise me, tell me off when I would get words wrong. And it it really gave me a complex about reading in public. So I just didn't want to read then at all. And And I did terrible in school, particularly in English, because... I had a complex about reading. Uh, and when we used to go around, you know, in class, I don't know, they still do it, but back in the day, they would have everyone reads a paragraph each. And you know it's coming to you. You're like, right, which paragraph is going to be me? And you try and get to that paragraph. And um, I used to dread that. I, but I was confident speaking in front of people, but not reading ever. Mm. Even at, at, like I had family members getting married at Christians and had asked me to do a prayer up at the church. and I couldn't do it. I'd refuse um, and so I had this complex but recently I was given a book by Dan Morgan, Dan was a guest on the podcast a few weeks ago and it's a book about sleep and it, and it sounds daft but I'm like 37 and a half years old and now at night time I'll read a chapter to my girlfriend aloud. And what I've realised is even just after a few days, I'm so much better at reading aloud. Just It's just a confidence thing. Yeah,
1: definitely. It's, yeah. Co- it's confidence. Yeah.
0: And and in the teacher training this weekend, I was reading aloud and I'll, I'll read now aloud to people in Shavasana. I'll, I'll pick a, a prayer or a mantra and read it. And I'm not kidding you, within a couple of weeks now, I'm a, I'm a fairly confident reader. So that complex is just, Gone, almost almost overnight. Yeah, um, because I faced it. But uh.
1: yeah, and it's (laughs) like it's interesting that when you notice, like, like I think that's another big part of yoga, like becoming aware of where something started, so Mm. you remember this. Oh yeah, it's because that teacher you know, maybe used to say, oh, come on, Kevin, read faster or whatever words she used. And, And then somewhere in you, like buried that as I'm bad at reading or I, you know, I don't enjoy this. This isn't a nice feeling. So I don't like reading out loud. And if we in yoga, like when we sit and we're still and we're recollecting maybe, why we feel a certain way or what's going on for us, then when you have that awareness, you can go, yeah, it's because that teacher said that to me. Now you've the opportunity to go, ah, actually, that's not true anymore. I want to read out loud and mm-hmm. I, I think I can do this. Mm-hmm. And then, like you say, you start to get the confidence because you're like, oh, yeah, that was just a thing that was said to me years ago. But I think what can happen for some people is without the awareness part, they for years and years and years go around and it could be anything in our lives and we just don't realise what we don't know
0: mm-hmm. or we
1: don't realise why we're afraid of something or we don't realise why we avoid something or kind of push it to the side. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. <laughs> and,
0: and, and I think it's an interesting point that when you discover the route, yeah, you, then you can start to address it. But also I discovered the root, but I don't blame her because this woman, I won't say her name, she lived on my road. And she was our teacher for all growing up. And also she was, when you go to mass and the people that give out the wine and the bread, what are they called? Oh,
1: uh, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> you know, there's like, they're like three, three
0: older people be on the altar giving out the bread and the wine. She was one of them. Okay, yeah. So she was legit in the church. So I, <laughs> so I would come home to my mum and be like, oh, mum, Mrs., Mrs. X, whatever, um, like told me off today or hit me or whatever she, she used to hit us with a meter stick in the hand and stuff and my mum would be like what did you do i <laughs> said so when i was messing around she goes, well you you know she, you deserved it ever so i i don't because that's just well, that's all she knew growing up this teacher yeah. she was so she was old school yeah so i don't blame her and i think i think sometimes they'll be like you're right about the root can help solve things, but only if you don't treat yourself like a victim. And yeah. I, and I thought to myself, I don't blame her. What I did instead was I internalised it and said, I'm not a good reader, therefore I'm thick. Yeah. I, I, and, but I'm funny and people like me, so that's going to be my thing. Mm. So I thought I'm not going to be the academic at all. I'm going to shun homework and instead see like how much I can get on with people Yeah, and it's weird you become and you become um but I mean I think that's the way it was in, in when I was in school it was like to be clever wasn't cool yeah is that, is that still the same
1: <laughs> um yeah I don't know like I like being a nerd so <laughs> but like what you were saying there of like um you know where you discover the rue and then there's a feeling of not now present you at your age is not the victim. But I think there's an important step just before that is You were victim to a situation and that doesn't mean you have to blame that teacher, but you can say, oh, I was victim to maybe some chastising or some, you know, embarrassing humiliation in my classroom or whatever. I was victim to it, but I'm no longer like a victim of Mm -hmm. it. So now you're in the present again. Now you're like, oh, yeah, like I was you know, hurt in that situation or I was sort of embarrassed. But now I, you know, like you said, I understand that teacher, that might have happened to her. And then she, that's the, all she knows how to teach. Yeah. Um. So, you know, your adult mind can recognize that and like almost forgive. But now you get to have the building blocks to go forwards to go, yeah, I'd like to further, you know, build my confidence at reading or whatever it is. So you're no longer a victim. Yeah. So I think that's The like important little step,
0: but but isn't isn't it amazing how long these things can stay with you?
1: Yeah, oh my god. Well, I'm sure I still have a million things. (laughs)
0: Because it's not because you're a teach, you're an actual property. I mean, not a property teacher. (laughs) You're a a school teacher. Well,
1: I was qualified school teacher. I did that for seven years, and now I'm full time uh, yoga and. Bits and pieces of Pilates,
0: so yeah. So, but you're still doing the school teaching?
1: No, no, no. So yeah, it's all full time. When did that end? Uh, 2012.
0: Okay, but but and you you're for two months on your holidays.
1: I did, yeah. Okay. I'm trying to go back to that lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> You're still
0: having a school, yeah. or school holidays. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's an ingrained thing. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to work during the summer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So, so, yeah. so what's uh, and what uh, what is interesting now? Uh, we talk about like school and a teacher and how things are delivered and how things are reinforced. Yeah. And now, because we, we were just talking about this a moment ago. The weekend just gone uh, was my first experience leading a teacher training. And what I realised was that, well, first thing I realised is that I thought, oh, I'm going to do this. This is it now. I found something that this is, I'm going to do way more of this, 100%. So that was good. Mm. (laughs) But the other thing I realised was, People were so engaged, and it surprised me how engaged they were. When I, you know when I'm speaking, people are like taking notes, looking, and I'm thinking, "Oh, I'm actually I, I know more than I thought I did." I kind of doubted myself. But because they're so engaged, that's good, but the, down, the not the downside, but the thing you have to be aware of is that people are very emotionally invested in this, and I started to realize how everything I'm saying is really important.
1: Yeah, how, definitely, yeah.
0: How I frame things is really important. And it's a, a very sensitive environment. Especially because yeah. you're there all day and people, when people get tired, we can get emotional, you know, mm-hmm. and, and things become amplified. So I'm real conscious now of of um of my my communications. And this is what I wanted to ask you about. When did you, because you, you have the art of teaching. Yeah. Right. So, but when was your first experience being a teacher trainer? Uh,
1: 2016 was the first one.
0: And we, was it with the art of teaching? Was it with Yes,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So is
0: that you and Sybil's thing? That's your-
1: Yeah, we created it. We um, got together in 2015 and yeah, like wrote the curriculum, planned everything out. And then the first one was 2016. So, yeah. is that
0: and that's in a studio at my body? Or?
1: Uh, the last one this year, 2019, was in my yoga body in Dunary, my yoga yeah. b- and yeah. right,
0: that's right next to the sea, isn't it? It
1: is, yeah, well, that was a real bonus. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm always I'm like, yeah. I'm so envious. Of <laughs> it
1: was amazing. I think I got into the sea. Every single day of the training, so it was fab. It was That's really, yeah, it's cool.
0: And where, so when does the next one start? Uh,
1: there will be one in 2020 and it should be springtime, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And is it is it still in my yoga body?
1: Um, yeah, like there's a little bit of a change now. Sevilla's traveling and doing amazing things, so yeah, there'll be a few little changes. Um, in the works and then yeah hopefully 2020 so yeah
0: and when when you wrote the curriculum were you um had you taught on other teacher trainings before or, or?
1: um i did some like sort of experiences with um where i initially had done my teacher training and um, but no this was the first like full-on teacher training yeah. so yeah
0: What was that like when you first... Do you remember the first weekend sitting down with the curriculum students around you and then that starting? What was that like?
1: Um, So what was it like? (laughs) Um, I guess, I suppose, coming from... I found, like, coming from the school teaching background, like, having that idea of teaching content wasn't as alien to me. Like, it was more familiar to have, like, okay, this is our beginning, this is where we want to be working towards, like... You know, so that idea of aims, objectives, what the students were coming in with, that kind of thing. So it was a little more familiar for me from like a school teaching background. And um, I guess tied with that because it was yoga and there's maybe the weight of wanting to you know, uh, live up to people's expectations or how much value yoga can give, like that was a little bit like, oh, I hope I do this as service. Mm. Um, so yeah, that was a little bit more of a feeling of responsibility maybe. So, yeah.
0: what, what interests me is how, if it's not the information itself, but how it's delivered because. Yes. Yeah. Cause like, let's say for example, you could do, here's the manual. We're going to read a paragraph each and go through this, and that's one way of doing it. You know, you're getting people to public speak. Everyone is in, is is like you're in school. You know that bit's coming to you, so you want to focus. Yeah. And you're so you are, and you and you're going through the curriculum. There's that. For, yeah. for example, one, yeah. one way of delivering. Another way could be you take this the manual itself, that same section, that module, and you put it into slides. Yeah. The 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 benefit of that is. Yeah, it says there's, vi- there's a visual element there where you can use pictures imagery video even the and you can then have open discussion um, amongst the slides but the downside of that is it's very passive people might not be that engaged like people minds start to drift so i'm i'm like really fascinated with how is the best way to, to deliver information yeah and and also there's group exercises mm. there's partner work and knowing when is the right time to do yeah. that and and to be honest i'm f- Kind of, um, I'm at the stage now where I'm figuring that out. I mean, I've done, I think I I know what works, but I'm interested to see see what your thoughts are. I mean,
1: I think it's, every group is different. Like there's, so say with the Art of Teaching, I've had four Completely different groups. And it was the same when I was a school teacher. You might write a lesson plan for, say, I was doing a geography lesson. And with one group, they loved it and they loved the games and they're like, oh my God, this is amazing. And then another group, they're like, this is so boring. Like, why are we doing this? Yeah. So it's like, it's the dynamic of the group as well. So I think like, you know, and I'm still always learning, like each year I'll like that ask, you know, what do you feel worked? What didn't work? What would you like to see more of? And like what was great over the years is hearing back things that I never would have even thought of. So where someone might say, oh, um, you know, some of the handouts, the font was different on one handout than another. And that Mm -hmm. was very distracting. Like that's something that I'm like, whoa, I wouldn't have even thought of that. But then obviously that's important to someone who's, you know, very into maybe how things are displayed and how they look and that helps them learn. So Mm -hmm. it's just so interesting. And I think one thing I try to stick to as a as a teacher is, like you say, you might be a very visual person, so you're like, oh, I love the part when they show us the slides or when I'm able to read it or hold it in my hand and see it. But then the other person in the room could be the, oh, I love when we're doing the pair work and I get to actually chat about it and mm. kind of figure out what is it that I think about this. So as a teacher, I try to make sure I do a bit of visual, a bit of like internalization, a bit of interaction, mm. a bit of whatever all throughout the day so each person there gets to feel satisfied Mm. you know that they maybe got catered to that it's not just oh my god today was all just staring at a screen or you know that kind of way so yeah that's one thing I like to do so at least then you feel okay guys I know some of you don't like this (laughs) internalization bit but then you know later we're doing the chatting or Mm. whatever so yeah yeah. (laughs)
0: yeah so true but also and that is a great uh, strategy, and also to be mindful of the energy of the room. Because what I've noticed as well is that, I mean, speaking in a yoga mindset, your how you what you do with your body affects your mind, your, and, mm. and vice versa. And after lunch. I, I started to realise that people were getting quite tired and, yeah. and they were sitting, I mean, sit on the floor and that you can tell they're a bit uncomfortable, they didn't know how to sit and because that, that's when you first sit, it's actually quite hard to sit on the floor all day if you're not, mm. used, to, if you're not used to it.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Because I remember my teacher and it was, so what I did was I t- did like a, a little 20 minute workshop after lunch and it was essentially like salsa dancing. Mm. It was basically like this, uh, t- it was Tai Chi crossfit salsa dancing or what they call um, push hands.
1: Oh yeah. You, know, you yeah, putting in push hands. Yeah.
0: And, and I put on some salsa music and stuff and people were laughing and then we had a little competition of push hands and like a knockout competition. And then from there I went into the, we had the, what we call the Asana lab. So breaking down poses, but it tied into getting back into their body, but mm. not just after lunch, standing everyone into Dasana. I thought yeah. people are going to be like god how long are we stand here for but mm. I, I got the energy up and I thought that worked really well so as you said people are different learners so you have to cater for everyone but also to understand what is um when to bring the energy up when to take yes. when to take yeah. it down and yeah. I, and I realized towards the end what I did was I did a long Uh, meditation and then I I have this meditation I do about gratitude that always gets people emotional Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and, um, I did it because I was thinking like I know people are going to cry when I do this because I usually do get a few tears Mm. but I think it's important to make people feel something Mm. so they laughed during the day two hours later some of them cried but like c- cried, not 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 not, not, not <laughs> cried. Like, damn it, cry, uh, but cry it's like to. Before you leave, you must cry. But because I I think it's so important that it's an experience where they actually feel stuff, joy, sadness, whatever it may be. But it's not. Um, you and I, I do think that that's. Well, I guess I think what what you're trying
1: to say or maybe what I'm (laughs) sensing is that um, when we're in our everyday lives, I feel like often what can happen is we're maybe in our cognition quite a lot or we're completing tasks or we're doing our emails or whatever. And I guess what you're hitting at is that in this experience, we have the opportunity to actually feel. So we're not numbed out. We're not just sitting there going like. All right, okay, what time is it? Is it nearly over? We're actually like, whoa, you know, I, I do feel gratitude, like, mm-hmm. or I do feel happy doing this dance, or, you know, that you're actually living. You're not, you know, kind of zo- zombieing around mm-hmm. <laughs> during your day. And I think maybe that's what you were getting yeah. at. Yeah. And I do think that's quite important. Mm-hmm. Like, I would feel the same as a teacher, or even in my own activities, like that tapping into that sense of experiencing whatever it is. So is, if it's joy, if it's sadness, if Mm -hmm. it's, you know, like frustration that this is what it is. Like, it's Mm -hmm. not, you know, oh, I'm just going to think about it for 10 hours. It's, you know, I'm feeling what it is. You know, it might be fire in my belly or it might be tightness in my throat or sweating or whatever, but it's, I'm aware of it. I'm feeling it. Like, yeah. Uh, do you know what?
0: But I. But then I think that makes it a much more worthwhile um, environment because when people feel something, there's a bit of emotion in the room. It makes a big difference. I think people learn quicker. Like, yes, yes. Yeah. Like, say for example, you're talking about biomechanics mm. that's not that's not going to stir the emotions too much but it's stuff that has to be covered but then if you're talking about the armors in the armors mm. you start talking about something like a himza veganism comes up and 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 i said yesterday you know sometimes it's important that you we challenge each other mm. you know we don't agree with each other and and, and i realized that when these topics came up I, people perked up more mm. they, were, they were leaning forward as, as, <laughs> as opposed to like learning about you know the skeletal system yeah yeah <laughs> um but then some people some people are like that um so what would you because I'm, I'm basically trying to pick your brains <laughs> <laughs> shame, shame. But no because i'd say to people who listen to this who are yoga teachers i told myself for ages that i i couldn't do the, the yoga teacher training i was like who am i to like teach people how to teach yoga train people to teach yoga and when it was suggested to me i kind of didn't really it seemed surreal and over the months and months and months leading up to this weekend that just happened i was telling myself i was talking myself out of it i don't know if you experienced this too but like even but the night before a workshop i feel like cancelling it and being Mm. like i like or just like i'm not good enough here and um but now, now I have that sense of relief that this is something that's really good and other people who are t- teaching you know, could mm. t- could do it,
1: mm. but you
0: won't know that you love it until you try it. So mm. what um, so I'm into, go on.
1: Uh, yeah, like just to that, I think, you know, I've just come back from being away as we were talking about Um, and one of the other things I do as well as yoga is rock climb and like it's really interesting because that comes up all the time like in rock climbing everything goes kind of in um, numerical grading system upwards so if you're like a at a certain level to go to the next number can just seem so intimidating. It's like, oh, I don't know, maybe tomorrow. Like, uh, (laughs) like I'm not quite feeling my arms feel tired, whatever. Um, And it's. Exactly like you said, you can have all these excuses, maybe a little bit of like, oh God, those other people trying it look really fit, and you know, I'm not the same, whatever, like all these kind of like feelings of imposter syndrome or whatever. But my trick is kind of like what you said that like sometimes I have to just get on it. Like I don't have this positive language, like you can do it or like <laughs> you're amazing. I don't do any of that. I just, I almost just go, just get on it. Just just get on it. And then once I'm on it, I'm Grant. Like I just do what I do and I go into that realm of, oh, now I'm doing it. Like now I try mm-hmm. and I go into my muscle memory or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's it's so interesting to me every time because like I've climbed for like 10 years and it's it never goes away <laughs> like it, like something shows up when it's a new challenge for any of us, um you know, whether it's a physical feeling or like a sense of resistance or whatever, you know, whenever it's a new area of um I heard the guy you were speaking to Jerry Duffy, like a new area of growth is going to have some sense of like. Oh, I just want out of here. And I, my technique around that is like what you said, to just kind of almost. Well, I'll just try it and see what happens. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> like, so they say, that is a brilliant analogy, the climbing one. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it really is. It's so
0: it's so simple. I mean, for, yeah. For t- t- again, take a workshop for example. And um, so the night before, I just give myself reasons why uh, I don't think it'll be good, or what what and then um as soon as it started i'm like just show up do it yeah. and then you're you're 20 minutes in and that all goes away
1: yeah, yeah yeah i
0: think maybe that's what they they would refer to as like a flow state perhaps yeah Your, yeah uh,
1: and it's interesting as well cuz i think especially as a teacher and it's something i reflect on a lot that like there's this idea that a teacher or a leader is someone who just loves being in front of people and loves you know like being the show woman or the show man or whatever and it's like I feel internally there's nothing more false about that idea that, that I don't want to be a show person or be a leader or stand out from the crowd. I, I just want to learn and help other people learn. (laughs) So it's funny when you're nervous before a workshop or like a teacher training or whatever that it's like, to me, it's not tuning into like, oh, get up and show everyone this like amazing new thing or whatever. To me, it's tune into like the learning, like tune into that. Like, what's the thing we want to talk about in a very like Mm. almost like cave like way like i yeah like but as in like we're all in this little like learning cave like that's how i'd like to imagine it rather than like um i'm standing out and i'm gonna like perform for everyone Mm. you know that kind of way yeah
0: yeah yeah, because then you're framing it in a different way in your mind and also you're thinking about how they're receiving the information as opposed to how do you sound yes exactly yeah and it's it's yeah it's interesting to kind of to think of it like you're just sharing your, your knowledge, what you know, but, um, but then there is a fine line between that and making sure you do know, um, you know, to not be like, uh, cause when people are there, people want to know that you're in control in a yeah. way, in a way, yeah. in a way. And it's a, it's doing that. It's being in control saying, I got this, I'm I know what's happening next and what we're doing, but doing it with, with empathy uh, yeah. um, and being aware of how how other people are feeling. But mm. um, do you still do workshops?
1: Uh, yeah, I did a workshop um, just on Saturday gone with, um, or in Sinead Mooney's lovely place. Oh, yeah, Yeah, yeah in yeah. Blackrock. Oh. So, yeah, I've been doing this year. That was the fourth one. Um, they were yoga and mental well-being workshops. So it's sort of like marrying yoga with a sense of kind of approaching different themes around our mental well-being. So that's Mm. my kind of idea this year.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And do you do retreats as well?
1: I do, yeah. I teach, uh, yeah, I taught retreats in Ireland and abroad. um, And now I mostly do retreats for a lady in Wicklow. She runs a place there. So yeah. Yeah, And I go and teach. (laughs)
0: Yeah. What do you think of retreats?
1: I really enjoy them. I think, um, I think the, like the nice thing about retreats or the different aspect is kind of like, for me as the teacher, it, it comes from a place kind of like what I feel in climbing and what we were talking about of like actually feeling like actually experiencing something. I think it takes time. For that to land in people and in a retreat, you get like maybe two days or like a day and a half or whatever it might be to suddenly be transported out of your like, oh, I better check my phone or I better go and get the, you know, the kids or do this for the dog or whatever. (laughs) Like you're transported out of that to now. Whoa! I actually am really tired, or I I have been really busy. Like you get that space, so I think mm. retreats give that a little bit more. So it's good, yeah.
0: What do you find though to be the biggest challenge with retreats, For, as in as to be, being the host? Yeah.
1: Um, I suppose it's similar to say the teacher trainings in the way it's it's maintaining the energy or the the trajectory of how something's going, um. Like if if it's say the say the retreat starts on a Friday and it's say the Saturday evening Mm. and you might have planned like, okay we're going to do two strong classes or two strong sessions on the Saturday. Like then you get to Saturday evening and you're like, whoa everyone's super tired or they're already it's hitting them that they're like need more rest. Mm. So it's kind of being aware of that as a teacher to kind of go uh like i chat to a few people there and i can sense or i can see that's not gonna happen mm. and you just have to maybe be aware to change how, what you were gonna do so, so yeah
0: yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's because i experienced similar myself uh what two weekends ago i did my first retreat and i hosted my first retreat and i it was exact same thing i mean it's just a simple thing i could see people's arms were arms are tired cause, yeah because i'd like to do a lot of um stuff, and um I realized quickly that i could i, I needed i wanted to change it um and I think that's why, why it's quite important before you do retreat, you've taught for a little while first, you've got a few things in your t- yes. t- toolbox. Yeah. So for example, I did like um, a, a more of a playful workshop. Then I did um, some basic FRC, like cars, just yeah. controlled particular rotations. And that kind of stuff is quite relaxing. You know, yeah. I mean, the hip stuff isn't sometimes. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> but, but, um, but to know that, and, and also, and also to not, to be aware that some people don't want to do everything. I I, I was kind of like right th- at this time we do this that the other and it's quite fixed. Instead of saying this is all optional,
1: yeah, you know, you, know, yeah. You, you
0: can do basically whatever you want, but this is all options for you if you want, yeah. if you want to take them. And I th- I think again like a teacher training, people are more sensitive in that environment than they are in a public class. Yeah. Because in a public class, it takes a while, as you said, to kind of drop into that yeah. um, new environment. But but I I, I realised, similar to the teacher training, I was like, this is the direction I want to go in. Be- yeah. Because it's just so much more satisfying, don't you feel, to to spend like – a whole day with people or, or days with them because yeah. you get to know people on a, on a, I mean, I felt like I was on the retreat. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, I think as well, like that's the aspect for a teacher and like for me, like I'm, quite introverted like I learn like I learn really slowly I need to take time to go what what does that mean and like then I'll process it and you know I really like like this like conversations where I'm focused and I'm involved like I'm not as happy with like The small talk or like, Mm -hmm. you know, short and snappy things. So I think (laughs) if you're a teacher and you realize this is who I am and this is where I'm at my best, Mm. then like I've learned over the years, like the longer form stuff, you'll get a way better version of me than the shorter version stuff, Mm. because like I can still do a good job, but I'm. When I'm seeing people consistently over time, like I start being able to be like, oh, yeah, like that happened yesterday or, you know, let's see what could happen here. Like, it's like I get a better time as a teacher to process. Here's where we can take this. Whereas when it's just an hour, you can still do stuff. But it's like it's not as enriching to me as a teacher. And I think for some teachers, if you're maybe more extroverted and you just love kind of like chit-chat and like in and out and like that kind of thing, like that teacher might shine in that situation. Um, But yeah, I've just learned it's not my like best. (laughs)
0: It's so funny though, because when you use that word introvert, yeah, to some people, it has a negative connotation. Maybe, yeah. But, uh, but to some. Yeah. But I, and it's often not as black as white as I'm an extrovert or an introvert because you can be almost an outgoing introvert, you know. Yes. In, yeah. As you said, if it's a long form context where yeah. you're with someone for a while. Uh, so, in fact, being an introvert is a, is a huge asset because often you'll listen more, mm. as you know yourself, you'll listen more and you give people um, space to. To, to express themselves because what I realized when I first started doing my teacher training, my 200 hour a few years ago, um, was people would say, um, Oh, well, I, I'm going to be a teacher cause I've got the gift of the gab." Yeah. Oh, I like to talk a lot. And and it's like, just cause you like to talk a lot, doesn't mean you're a good communicator.
1: Yeah, It's, it's so true because yeah.
0: some people I notice they'll overpower the conversation. I hope I'm not one of them, <laughs> 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 but, but I, I'm, I'm aware where was I recently? I forget where I was, but I remember someone was just talking, talking, talking. I I can't remember where I was, but it was just, it was in, I was there with them and I I was just noticing they were the only person talking and and to, and that, so that is not the same as being a good communicator. Mm. And, um, but those immersive experiences is when, It's good. I think it's good as a teacher, but also as a person, actually. Mm, Yeah. I I found it like, as I said, I found like, I felt like I was (laughs) was on the retreat. I was like, oh, I should. Well, it's more
1: nourishing for you as the teacher because you're kind of like... You know, say we're based in Dublin and we might teach a class and then it's like, oh, okay, I have to fly over to another place to teach another class or you've got a private or whatever. You're kind of semi thinking about that as well. Like you have your own schedule to follow, whereas when you're on the retreat as a teacher, like that's the amazing thing when you finish, say, the morning session, you're like, oh. We're sitting down for breakfast now. I know. <laughs> like so it's so much more relaxing yeah. for you as the teacher as well yeah. to kind of go, Oh, actually, yeah, I've nowhere else to be. Yeah. Like I'm here with you guys. And even the bits in between, like that's what I love on retreats. Um like the bits in between are so enriching because you might sit down for breakfast beside someone and then you learn about their life. Like they say, Oh, I'm from here, and this and this and this, and this is why I came here. And then you're kind of like, Oh, I'm gonna tie that into the next, like you're yeah. just constantly getting more feedback yeah. for your teaching. Whereas when it's in the maybe studio setting or the city once they're gone, once the class is over, that's it. Like you mm-hmm. mightn't see that person again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, you don't get any feedback of how no. they felt or yeah. No.
0: And and funny enough, um, one of the people on my retreat in public classes, they come to my podcast a lot. They seem very quiet, very mm. quiet. On their retreat, they were like holding court,
1: yeah. crack, cracking
0: yeah. people up, like story after story. And I was thinking, Wow, this is like...
1: It's lovely. Yeah, uh, it's so is, nice. Yeah, this yeah.
0: is uh, something, it's just how um, we can, people are complicated and we have loads of different sides to us. And, and, and again, I I'm, I'm terrible at small talk. Mm. I, you know, like the weather and stuff. I, yeah. I, I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like to go like deep straight away, but some mm. people are a bit... Uh, mm. Actually, you know, small talk is a skill.
1: Yeah, it uh, is.
0: Yeah, cause, cause <laughs> I don't have it either. <laughs> I know, when I when I, to, when I used to work in the corporate and invo- in, uh, like in an office job, um, I used to go to meetings with this guy. Uh, he he was a real slick guy from D four and just like real good looking guy. And we used to go to meetings. He'd be like, Sandra, how are you? And like, Mwah, <laughs> Mwah, you know, and he'd be like, Oh, lovely weather we're having. When did you do this place up? And I'm sitting there thinking. I can't do this. I'm just <laughs> waiting, waiting there to say something awkward, you know, awkward and direct to them. Mm. Um, but I remember thinking, "Wow, this is um, I can't schmooze. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not good at that." Um, but
1: that's where, like, I think what you even said about like um, seeing the positive side of being an introvert, like even you know, for a second in me is like, "On yeah, like there is lots of positive sides." <laughs> um, but it's like when we can see the the, the the who we are when you bring awareness there and you can see the positive aspect or you realize you know i need to get out of this job it's a lot of small talk and you know it's distracting and i'm getting frustrated you're you're serving yourself better by being a teacher and all the people you now interact and be around and see and whatever they're seeing a better you so then they become a better them because they're inspired Mm. and it's like that guy who you refer to as good at it he's in the best job ever because he loves it like he's like you know i love this chit-chatting to people and whatever and it's like i think that you know for years when i was kind of changing from being a school teacher I struggled with that a lot like why like I loved teaching and it took me a long time to understand why am I not happy and why I wasn't happy was there was a lot of stimulation in a school environment like you might teach nine classes a day and then there's bells and then there's you know academic Uh, goals that need to be met or like and it was just constant. And my brain, like I only realise now Mm -hmm. that my brain was just like, I'm fried. Like I actually my my whole nervous system was taxed. I was like upset, angry all the time. And it's like I didn't know then, but I know more now that I I just wasn't in the right place for me Mm. to teach. Mm. Like I'm in a better place now to meet people and be like, let me teach you now. Mm. (laughs) Like then I was not in the best (laughs) ways.
0: Because because that that bureaucratic environment, as you said, it could suit some people really well. I mean, this guy I'm referring to, he went on to work for like Google, Facebook, Twitter. He worked for like the top IT companies in the world, right? Who are headquartered here in Dublin. Um, because he's good at that. Yeah. Whereas when I was in, you know, when he was in school, he was like popular boy. When I was in, I, everyone, I, I'm, I'm kind of odd. Mm. You know, like I'm a bit odd. People would refer to me like, "Oh, Kev, he's nice, bit odd, but nice, <laughs> nice." But in fact, being, and I think that's why, like. Um, but like I mean, I've talked about this before, but when I was a young guy, I, I got into like uh the rave cultures mm. you would call it, and uh experiment with my consciousness, and I realized that I liked meeting people that were could talk about things outside of the small talk because yeah. cause life is too short for small talk and and i get that in a job it can be skillful but i really do think that sometimes small talk is handy isn't it Mm. because it is it's handy to have a bit of it but to it's good to get to get beyond that
1: yeah definitely
0: Um, and uh and actually oh, this is a nice little segue and actually that's why I like
1: podcasting <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no
0: me cuz you're a podcaster too aren't you
1: <laughs> all the <laughs> so interesting shall <laughs> uh, so that segue yeah this is very impressive thank you thank
0: you so the the heart of the matter yeah is still going
1: it is yeah you
0: do series why did you decide to do series
1: so i decided to do a series because i Like, this was an adventure I wanted to take, um, and very like we're talking about. Like, I wanted to talk to people in kind of more deeper conversations, um, but I wanted to save myself the professional pressure of this now has to be something I schedule every week. And because it takes me a long time to learn, I wanted to do it slowly and I'd record them and release six, and then I'd record some and release another six, and then that's what I'll do for the third series. And it just, it suits my dynamic a little bit better to be, um, I like thinking about it a lot to kind of go, all right, I'm going to think about this while I'm doing those six. And then I can take a little bit of time off and then do more. So yeah, that's yeah. the way I'm doing it.
0: Yeah, because I know uh, Andrea Fretti does that with Yoga Land. She does okay, two, yeah. series as well. Yeah, And I, I um, why, why did you... Because I think this is an an interesting question. Why, if I do say so myself, (laughs) (laughs) why did you uh, decide to start a podcast?
1: Um, I'd wanted to do it for ages. Um, Like kind of this idea, like a new creative challenge. I, every so often I'll go, you know what, I'm not, I'm not feeling challenged and I like challenging myself to learn something new. Mm. Um, So the whole kind of, Sort of draw to like, I'd have to learn the whole computer side of things, like how to edit, how to like use the software, whatever, like all of that I wanted to uh, challenge myself on. But also, what I find super fascinating, I've just read another book um, on interviewing, like being able to ask questions to draw knowledge out of people that maybe they didn't even know was, you know, necessarily they had or something they hadn't thought about it. I find that amazingly fascinating.
0: What's the book called? Uh,
1: That book I heard on another podcast um, (laughs) is a book called We Need to Talk and it's by a lady, Celeste Headley.
0: So, uh, play, okay. so,
1: yeah, they can put that in your show notes. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, now I've got to do that. <laughs> um, Google, so it, yeah.
0: Google it yourselves. <laughs> and
1: uh, another thing I did as part of the prep for the podcast was um, I did a workshop. A friend of mine works for Athena Media in Dublin and they run workshops uh, on podcasting. And I did a workshop, which was amazing as well. And just like loads of tips. And I think that like that when you're a teacher you can talk a lot and like you know we've already spoke about and you mentioned I find it very fascinating to become the listener and to become a person who's now you know interacting in the conversation and learning and you know more interactive than just speaking and someone else is receiving that kind of thing so yeah
0: who do you like interviewers who do you like the um
1: are? good question are you so where i actually heard that book recommended was the knowledge project shane parrish he's really good shane parrish, parrish uh, okay. yeah he's an amazing interviewer
0: um you, can you find his stuff on youtube like him interviewing people
1: uh he's got his podcast knowledge project it's called okay
0: so it's audio it's not a video yeah
1: audio um who, I, I,
0: I do like watching people being interviewed though yeah <laughs> who do you Is there anyone you like to watch, be interviewing Um, other people?
1: I've watched. Have you watched uh, my next guest, David Letterman?
0: Yeah, I watched the one I think with Kanye West, maybe. Was he on? Yeah,
1: that was a weird one. But yeah, Yeah. Um, I like David Letterman as an interviewer. (laughs) I really enjoyed Melinda Gates. He interviewed if you want to watch that one. So that's someone I've watched. You you
0: like that one because he's a good interviewer?
1: Yeah, yeah. And I also Mm. liked, um, he interviews Ellen. That's the other one I enjoyed. I just enjoyed how he drew questions out of her, answers out of her with his questions. So, yeah.
0: What what do you think he does well then that makes him so good at interviewing?
1: Um, What does he do so well? Um, He pauses. He leaves a lot of space. Yes. um, and he's slow in how he asks the question. Like, you know, he might say something in his experience and then he'll say, you know, he'll sort of like that segue it into a question. Yeah, it's yeah, it's interesting. <laughs>
0: that, that's fascinating because I've watched him before, Dave Letterman, and what he'll do is the person will give a response, then he'll kind of look to the audience, he'll do a very subtle facial reaction or mm. something and let it play out you know, let the audience maybe laugh a little bit or whatever it is. Uh, and sometimes there'll be moments where nothing is being said at all. Yes, now it, now it does make a difference if you have an audience because that fills in that, yeah. But I, I've noticed, um, Joe Rogan who will just have moments where he just stops and doesn't say anything at all and in a way i think that works okay for video Mm. but for audio that doesn't work as well because Mm. you can't see what's going on Mm. um but it's it's a
1: and it's the personability like one thing neil and i when we were watching um Another one with David Letterman was Lewis Hamilton, you know, the Formula One uh, driver. And he seemed very nervous being interviewed. And he's, again, probably more introverted character, just likes driving (laughs) and like kind of being competitive and performing. Um, But at the end, David Letterman... um, wanted to do the thing you know where you shake up uh, the like champagne if you win yeah, say yeah. Formula 1 or whatever and he wanted to do that and he was kind of joking around and you could see Lewis Hamilton was like quite like oh, like what's happening here it's a bit awkward <laughs> but David Lernerman put his arm around him and it was very subtle but kind of included him and like sort of just gave him that sense of you know it's nearly over now mm. like this is just for fun or whatever yeah, yeah. and it was just like a tiny thing but it means that the person being interviewed doesn't feel like they're just being thrown under the gun like i'm i'm gonna embarrass you now in front yeah. of an audience or something yeah. so yeah that, cool.
0: little things like that yeah I, I actually i can go down rabbit holes on youtube watching things like that like there's, yeah. a, <laughs> there's a one channel called charisma on command
1: okay have yeah. you heard of this no
0: and it analyzes people being interviewed you, you you'd probably love it because you're watching an interview and someone analyzing an interview. So yeah, okay, cool.
1: And, and one, yeah.
0: one of them is Will Smith uh, on the Graham Norton show. And it's it's a little bit unfair, really, but it, the, the guy analysing is comparing Will Smith to his son, Jaden Smith. They're both on at the same time. And it's fascinating, though, to, to think of Will Smith because, I mean, he is massively successful in everything he does. And part of that is his, his human skills, his, mm. comu- his communication skills. The little things like... Um, he won't let someone else talk over him. It sounds daft, but if he's speaking, he'll finish to the end till he makes the point. Another thing is, if someone says something, if someone's talking, he'll actually turn his body fully to face them. You know, not kind of just look over his shoulder. Mm. Loads of things. And and when he when something funny happens, he has the biggest laugh and he claps and you know to validate people. And I don't think that's contrived. I think he is that way. Yeah. But it. But I do think that no matter how, what your communication skills are like. We can, it is good to be aware of what you're, you're, you're doing, you know, little things like, um, you know, like crossing your arms or, mm. or, 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 um, I noticed this actually, we did the, uh, the hike on the retreat and the guide that took us out there was very nice very quirky but one thing he did was he had his back to people quite a lot mm. so instead of like getting everyone in a semicircle and saying okay this is the thing over here he talked to a handful of people and have his back he'd be standing in front of someone else with his back to them mm. and for me that shows like um maybe yeah, he's been out in the woods a long time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but it shows it showed, i think having that uh, um awareness will make everything in your life better.
1: Yeah, you know, um, yeah. And it relates, I think, a big part of that, again, is a sense of presence, you know. Yes. So, you know, if there is pause and you're present and you kind of say, you know, oh, Kevin asked me a question there, and you're kind of aware, whereas if you're distracted or you're nervous or you're thinking about something else, that's is displayed in how you're behaving like so those little signs of you didn't even realize someone was behind you or you know that kind of little thing and you're maybe not doing it to be rude but you literally just didn't realize mm. or you didn't kind of weren't cognizant of it at the time or mm. something yeah
0: yeah uh, uh, and but when you're doing uh, audio only when you're speaking like this then it's more so about I think I think the pausing it is huge. Mm. I, I really do. Do you think that with with the podcasting you want to take it beyond because you've had kind of a diverse range of, of guests, mm. but is there a certain type of person or topics that you find really interesting?
1: Um yeah, also a good question. Um I I really wanted to talk to I I suppose what I find very fascinating is the application of and, you know, we hear this a lot, but like how we can think about teaching from someone who's a writer, how we can think about um, the environment from what we've learned in yoga, how we can think about communication from someone who's like into fitness you know so like you can cross curricular all of those facets and like I think you know say last week you were speaking to Jerry Duffy what's I think amazing for yoga teachers to hear from him Mm. is the universal theme of like you know speaking and engaging a group whereas if it had been me giving those tips you might feel like oh I've heard all this before it's about yoga teaching or whatever whereas when you hear diverse ranges of people you go oh my god that's like how I feel in yoga teaching you know it kind of opens it up for you a tiny bit more and like say another Netflix thing that I love watching is Chef's Table. Have you ever watched that? No, I've never seen it. So it's cool. So it's about like each one, they're so well produced and like the you know, the visual is amazing, but each week will be another chef and their life and how they've ups and downs and what they've gone through and then their you know, mentality and their mindset of being a top Michelin star chef in the world. But I love watching that because it's like inspiring. It's like how someone's achieved, whereas i may not necessarily feel as drawn to watching a documentary on a yoga teacher because mm. it's it's too close to home maybe for you mm. to feel like inspired by or yeah yeah and,
0: and as you said it's it's the universal principles yes that, yeah. that can go um across any discipline yeah and, exactly and, and, yeah. And, and i loved uh yeah i hope i hope to get jerry on again because well, uh, there was so much we didn't cover but uh, have you ever met him
1: Uh, I actually went to a talk of his. It was called, um, it was a group of talks called Huddle. It was three years ago because I was organizing an event of talks and I wanted to see another one just to see how it was done. And he was one of the speakers. Um, So, yeah, I've seen him speak and it was really good. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
0: Because what's fascinating about him is that he used to be so scared of it. Yeah, know, that, that was petrified, yeah. and you can tell that he is, is something he he continues to work on. Mm. You know, he's very he's very aware of himself yes. and how yeah. he comes across. And he's yeah. come, and another thing I really loved about him is stories. Mm. He he, t- he tells st- stories, and we. I, I think that that art of telling stories is is, is lost a little bit. Like yeah. if I go to, wait, my mum's from that's a mayo. So if I go, when I was a kid, I'd go to the countryside to see my granny and stuff. Um, and I see all my cousins. And we used to sit around my uncle's, you know, typically my uncles would tell stories and we'd be sitting there for just someone would tell a story a story could last for twenty minutes then the next person tells a story and everyone's just listened to the story but i I actually think and this is not a dis this on social media but our our attention span is getting more fragmented mm. and we're not as good at telling stories probably because we just don't do it as much mm, but yeah yet, but yeah I think one of the best ways to convey a point on, on um educate someone is through storytelling.
1: Oh, absolutely. I like some of the teachers I really admire are really good storytellers. I did a training a few years ago with um, Cindy Lee and she's a yoga teacher in America. Mm. Um, But just so effective at bringing in like a really simple everyday life story. And you're like, yeah. That makes sense. Mm. Um, I I really find that quite inspiring. Um, It's something I still have to work on because I'll sit down, you know, to plan my lesson or whatever it is, a session, and I'll have so many thoughts that I'm like, okay, (laughs) refine this into a story. Come on, Naomi, you can do it. But yeah, it's something you do have to work on. So
0: yeah. Will Cindy be telling stories about herself? It
1: could be anything, but she's just that real gift of like like oh my god wait till I tell you a story and she'll just like it could be you know anything it could be about like macaroni and cheese I think she told us a story about once and it's just it's it's brilliant because what I think it opens up for people is that side of our brain that's like okay well and then what happens (laughs) you know and then suddenly you're not negative suddenly you're not in your own you know, drone of record playing of, you know, I'm bored or whatever it is. Mm. So, you know, and I see it with my nephews. Like, as soon as you say, okay, story time, they're so excited. Like, Mm. you know, it's that's it's part of us, I think. Mm.
0: But I think and, and upon that. Another skill is being able to, to make a point in the story. So telling a story mm. is definitely one thing, but then but if she can tell a story about macaroni and cheese, but relate it to yeah. yo- yoga, to something.
1: Well, basically what like it analogy. was about was, yeah. I remember it was about how <laughs> she'd had macaroni and cheese and it's one of those evenings you sit down and watch TV and you're like, this is comfortable. It's comfort food. And basically the point of the story was um, your asana doesn't, you don't necessarily want your asana to be comfort food. You like... Simple and... Am- yeah, like you want maybe there to be some element of discomfort there so you're challenging your muscles or whatever it is, not necessarily sitting down eating mac and cheese. But, like that, that, that. And that, but isn't, isn't that
0: such a simple an- yeah. an analogy to make? Um, yeah. And it's, it's one that... um yeah, as you said, there's a part of our brain that, that I think yearns for that most definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. Um, what's her name? Cindy Lee? Yeah, yeah.
1: What, She's really good. Cool, yeah. why did you decide to train with her? Um... Actually, another interesting question, I wanted to do a training. This was in 2014 Um, and I was kind of like, oh, where do I want to train? And I'd already gone to India the year prior and I was like, well, I go back to India. And there was another few courses I was looking at and I listened to a podcast with Cindy. How did I come across it? I can't, I can't remember how I initially came across the interview with her, Hmm. but I thought I loved the sound of her. And like, I just loved everything she was saying. And then I literally signed up for her.
0: For for a podcast then?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: She was a guest on the podcast? Yes, yeah. Okay. That, that shows you the power of podcasts. Oh,
1: absolutely. Yeah. And I just loved the sound of her voice and I liked what, you know, the kind of points she was making, I just felt like I resonated with. And then, I saw the dates of our training and I thought, yeah, I'm, I want to do this. Yeah. Um, and it was brilliant. I really enjoyed it. So, yeah.
0: It's, it's funny how, like, when I did the retreat, one girl came over from Amsterdam because she listens to the podcast.
1: Yeah, So yeah. I
0: came over, I collected her, I took her to, down to Wicklow. I mean, me, it's me, her and my girlfriend in the car. And um, we're, t- we're talking away and I'm realising that what I'm saying... She's already heard me say it before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so like, it's like, it's like, we've been checking It's almost like she's listening to loads of episodes. So I'm telling stories or saying things. I'm like, and she's like, yeah, you said that on your podcast.
1: Like, ah, Nothing new. <laughs> new exactly.
0: She would just play my podcast in the car? <laughs> <Yeah. So funny. laughs> so so but uh, but it is, it is a powerful thing. I would say bold statement. And um, so I'd like to see what you think that, if anyone not everyone should start a podcast but it's definitely a valuable tool if you want to be a professional communicator
1: yeah yeah (laughs) and even like i don't know if you've done this with rachel but neil and i recorded a few when i was practicing just to get used to it and asking questions whatever and i actually like that was so enriching like looking at neil like a person that I wasn't looking at the person I see every day, like uh, like asking questions and then being really interested in his answers. And mm. it was so cool because afterwards I thought, wow, I actually like super enjoyed hearing what he had to say to, like, it wasn't just to his wife. It yeah. was like he was answering like, you know, formal questions. <laughs> yeah. like the, So yeah.
0: The dynamic is completely different. Actually, Tim Ferriss, um, if you don't, if people don't know Tim Ferriss is a huge podcaster, but he did a podcast with his mum and dad separately. Okay, yeah, and, and never is never going to release them.
1: Okay, yeah, I was thinking I've never heard those and yet, that, you
0: know, and I, I really like the idea of that, and I've thought about doing that too, and I think I will because then you have a little piece of history.
1: Yeah, and you, yep. you
0: could be like say to your son or daughter, this is what your granddad sounded like. This yeah. Is a, right. And you'd yeah. will you and you'll all, you'll always have that.
1: Uh, I always think, and again about stories, like I'd love to do that with my mom. like ask her stories about her childhood or, you know, about grandma or something and be kind of, okay, this is a set time. You're going to tell me these stories because they'll be lost if, yeah. you know, if we don't talk about it like that. So, yeah, yeah it's a cool idea. Yeah, because
0: my uh, this weekend, I went around seeing my dad mum and dad and the TV wasn't on because normally the TV's always on in the house but it just wasn't on and my dad was holding court just telling us these stories and he's like I, I've known this man all my life obviously because yeah. he's my dad and I've never heard these stories before and it was uh, but it's so hard to find time in life where you just sit and talk to people Yeah, that's the beauty of a podcast because mm. we're sitting across from each other talking now with no distractions whereas even if it's a- anything a phone someone coming into the room uh mm. you don't get you don't get that so i'm actually i do what I'm, rec- I'm saying it now this is evidence i will before christmas do a podcast on am on my dad separately okay that's, that's i'll do I'm,
1: i'll do it on my mom and we okay. can text each other <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I might release it just yeah. for a
1: laugh. <laughs>
0: so, uh, but, um, so yeah, uh, well, Naomi me, I could talk to you for ages. I
1: know. But, uh, I feel like I want. <laughs> I want to like keep talking.
0: <laughs> Is that what's next for you?
1: Uh, What is next? So I only got home last week from the summer break, so I'm kind of getting back into my routine and the schedule. Uh, What is next in terms of work is, um, yeah, just routine, getting back into things and then... um, podcast series three, hopefully coming up soon. And yeah, that's kind of it. Oh,
0: and the teacher training? <laughs>
1: yeah, next year. Yeah. Next so in the uh, spring, yeah.
0: Oh, in the spring. Yeah. And is that over, is it intensive?
1: Um, Yeah, all to be decided, but some sort of format, like maybe like a... 10 days, then a break, a nine days break and an, another chunk. That's how we did it this year and it worked well. So, okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And if people want to find out more about you, where do they go?
1: Uh, so I'm Sturdy on Instagram and then everything else, Facebook, my website, all that is Elements Yoga.
0: So yeah. Elements Yoga. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Naomi.
1: Yeah. Thanks very much, Kevin.
0: Thanks so much for listening. Again, October 5th, Saturday evening at 7.30 p.m., If you're free, you'd like something fun to do, come and join me and Patrick Beach and a host of other yogis for a live podcast. 10 euro for a ticket. Feel free to bring a friend. And in December on the 14th, on another Saturday, if you'd like to come to Sligo to learn how to handstand, I'm doing a workshop. You can find all information on my website, kevinboyoga.ie forward slash events and retreats, or go to their website, saltandsoul.ie and book your spot for 30 bob. This podcast is brought to you by Small Changes, organic, eco-friendly, whole food store based here in Dublin. They look after the environment, they produce really good products as well with a zero waste ethos. So check them out. If you enjoyed this episode, you found it helpful, please share with your friends on your IG stories and leave a review on iTunes. Thanks as always for listening. Hope to speak to you Well, I'll definitely speak to you next week. See ya.